Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Bird of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life. Welcome back to the 168 Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jordan Bird. Today we're going to be discussing the importance of service in the church and how it's always connected to Jesus. Yeah. So, Mitch, how have you been? I've been doing well. How have you been doing, Jordan? I'm doing well. How did you endure that Bills game? Um, this last, I guess it was Monday, so last night recording. Very well. I only cried for 20 minutes. So, <laughs> what about you? It was good. I held my daughter as she slept through most of it. Had someone over to watch it with, so that was also good. But yeah, tough loss. It was a good game. I think for me, the the cool thing to hear at the end is, I'm not usually one to have to listen to like the post game stuff, but it was encouraging to have players and coaches even if they're just sort of talking it up, like I think there's this whole culture thing that the bills sort of go off of, which I think is a thing, but it also can just be like, you do it because that's what you expected to do. Like kind of stuff. But like when Josh Allen was talking, he was talking about how, you know, the other side gets paid to do well too, which is really the heart of what sports is, is it's to see who is the better of the two. We, our sports often get caught up in the, the financial and the just winning to win and all that kind of stuff. But at the heart of it, sports is really a character development reality. And it's ultimately to sort of show who is better. But as one team or person or athlete shows that they're better, it motivates the other team to have to do that to match it or to do it the next. So those comments, I think, reflect that, which is encouraging to see just at the the maturity to be able to, to say that, and that seems to be the character that's expressed by the team, even if that's just coming from the coach on down. But it's definitely, I think that's kind of cool. I think that was one cool takeaway. It was a you know, no one wanted, no one here at least wanted the loss, obviously. But um, there's a good attitude in the end. It wasn't like, a, oh, look at me. And I know even in the, the weeks leading up, there was some discussion of like receivers not getting or a receiver not getting touches and. Um, Easy, I think it was one of the, at least the one I know of. And even last night, he was like, "Hey, whether I get to catch it or don't catch it, like I'd, I would rather be on this team doing what we're doing." Like, and so it's cool to see even players talking about like the team as a whole over the player, because often it can be very much the seems like the, the anyway. It was a good game. It's cool to to have the whole Monday night experience to have the Bills on. So yeah, good. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Bills, but got to. I won't ask you about your fantasy team because I already know. I don't have a fantasy team. <laughs> I just watch the NFL. I probably should do fantasy, but um, I like to have fun watching football, so I don't. I know it's probably a hot take, but for me, I don't find it fun. The me thing. Anyway, we're going to, yeah, like Mitch said earlier, we're going to talk about service today. How serving as a follower of Jesus, ironically, shouldn't be disconnected from Jesus or from Christ. And that may seem like intuitive, like as a father of Jesus, of course, service has something to do with Christ. But part of our discussion, I think will bear out like that there can be a temptation for us or anybody to serve 
and then not have anything to do with Christ. And so that's a lot of what we want to talk about today. So Mitch is going to read a um, verse or scripture verse for us to just kind of ground or base our discussion. We're going to kind of go from there. Right. So this is uh, Titus chapter 3, which is titled in the NIV, Saved in Order to Do Good, starting from verse 3 through verse 8. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. So for me in this scripture, connecting Jesus to the service we do is demonstrated at a very baseline level here because Paul is saying we're saved in order to do good. We're not saved by doing good things, we're saved to do good things. So the good things, the good works that we're equipped to do through our training in righteousness are connected to the grace of Christ having cleansed us from our sin. So it's in that posture of grace that we were we are offering ourselves to other people. Um and that's kind of what I get out of the scripture. Do you have any opening thoughts? Yeah, I mean maybe in the Maybe to start, like in the Protestant world or the non-Catholic, Roman Catholic world, evangelical world, the conversation can easily revolve around the temptation of good works being some form of earning your way to salvation or acceptance with God and that kind of a thing. I understand the, the concern there, but at the same time, it can easily get to a point where doing service work or good works of any kind is just not done at all out of the you know, just hope that you're not you're not doing that you're not working your way to accept you know get God's acceptance or something like that. So it can be very tempting to be like, well, no, I have God's grace, so therefore, like that's all that needs to happen. And clearly, Scripture is saying like, no, it's not a don't do anything. It's a Christ has entered your life out of grace in His grace. He's He's brought us in not having. We didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to do anything to gain his attention to us. But now that he has initiated a relationship with us and invited us into it and we've responded to it, he has now empowered us to do good works. And I think that's probably the place where service or doing good works toward others or in relation to others probably comes at least one. It's one aspect of where it comes connected to Christ. And if it's disconnected from Christ, it looks very different because either of us could do something nice to each other or to someone else or do a service work to somebody else, but it could just be in our own power, which might mean like we can put on a good face for the time that we're there, but when the situation becomes hard, maybe our attitude isn't the best or we are tempted to put the person down because they misuse us or you know misuse us or the work that we provide or fashion. And it's in those times where if we're connected to Christ, we can rely on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to carry us through those times in which we'd be tempted to just throw in the towel right then and there on our power. But Christ empowers us to persevere and to, to do works of service to people who maybe don't deserve it or who aren't 
is loving in the process back toward us, those kinds of things. So those are some things that stand out to me, at least with this idea. Yeah, so kind of what I'm getting out of what Jordan's saying is that there are two really big extremes that I think people are tempted into aligning with. One that he mentioned was, okay, well, I'm saved by grace. I don't really need to do anything anymore. I don't need to perform for God. And that's very true. But, you know, at the same time, we're still called into a life of service from that salvation. And then the other is doing good works really apart from the name of Christ, trying to earn our way into heaven, which doesn't work either. But really, it's the middle road of having um, our good works flow from our biblical salvation. It's in that posture through the Holy Spirit that we lay down our lives for others. I think one thing for me that stands out when it comes to the conversation around good works is like, you know, what are they really doing? Like they serve to point someone toward the direction of Christ and toward um, the loving nature of our Heavenly Father. They're not just done in a vacuum to make ourselves feel good or the other person feel good. They're done in a way where we get to demonstrate the very example of Christ in our bodies to somebody else. God always uses people, and if we're being shaped into the image of his son and we're being called to serve, we are extending Christ's love from the Father to that person through our good works. But if there's really no connection to Christ, then it just seems like the good work kind of evaporates, like for me. I mean, you might feel good about yourself, the other person might feel good, but if there's no follow-up to that, then, you know, there just doesn't seem to be a really good continuity there. I hope that makes sense. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or Yeah, I mean, some of it to me is looking at what those acts that that way are doing. On one hand, they're, a lot of them are meeting, like, base level needs, like whether that's providing food or financial means to somebody or whatever it may be. Those are just very base utilitarian. We all need these things to, to live life. It's not, I gifted you with a PlayStation. What are we on number one? Five, five, PlayStation five. You know, it's not like blessing someone with that. I mean, that can be a, a form of blessing, but that's not a, base level need for somebody and um those things are part of like why we do this and obviously that can connect back to god has created us to be human beings that flourish and function in a certain way and we need nourishment we need you know, certain means to be able to exist in life so those are things like that you would say any human being it benefits from having access to and so there's that level of it and then there's the, maybe you want to say deeper level of, and this is a little bit of what you were talking about, in that the acts of service that we do are also a form of, you could say, revelation for people, if you will. I mean, it also means a form of witness. Like, as we live out the, the love, the servant-heartedness, the acts of service that we see Christ doing in the New Testament in his life, as we do that, we are, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. And so the people around us see an example of Christ, if you will. Obviously, you nor I nor anyone else is that. But because God's Spirit, we've allowed God's Spirit to, to live within us by submitting ourselves to, to Christ, um, we have him living in and through our life to where people can then see it. And that happens in two different ways. And 
I think in our American Western mindset, we often think about how that happens just in and through myself alone. Like how am I witnessing for Christ? How am I allowing Christ to live in and out of me? And that is important. I'm not saying that, but we can often put the emphasis all on that as though it's me and me alone who represent Jesus to the world. As if my entire life has to show the entirety of the life of Jesus. And while I should aim toward that and, and have ambition toward that, like I want Christ to take over all of me so that it's more of him and less of me, right? That, that's the aim. But ultimately I can't do that in of myself. I'm not, I, I, I'm not capable of it. And that's where the church as a corporate body comes in, where collectively as the church, as we serve the world around us, or even as we serve each other, we demonstrate the character and, and the way of life of Jesus to the people around. You want to touch on that idea at all? Yeah, I think that's a good point that I wanted to touch on as well, is just the fact that I mentioned good works outside of Christ being in a vacuum, but even in Christ, we're not doing our works in a vacuum, not all the time. We're not always by ourselves. We have the body to fall back on. We're doing this together. Um, and that's a powerful witness when there's multiple of us in numbers, like that's a witness to the church, which is a witness to Christ. We're his bride, you know, we're supposed to be the hands and feet. And when we join together to do things, uh, together, um, that can be a more powerful witness than if we just try to manifest everything on our own. So a lot of times service connected to Christ happens in community as well. I mean, you can see that at our church and some of the stuff we do, um, it, it involves a lot of members of the body and um yeah so i guess my point is we're just we're not always in it alone yeah you want to talk, talk about any more of the sort of deeper level of this or get to more of the i guess so well like in my mind i'm thinking about how we can move into like what does this practically look like for you want to touch on more of the interconnectedness still um, I'm just thinking about, I think we've, we've touched, have we touched everything interconnectedness wise or is there something I'm missing? No, there's a little bit. I think we can connect with the practical. I can touch. Yeah. I was thinking maybe we'd just move into the practical. So I think one of our challenges, I mean, to, to both of us and to those of you watching and listening is what have each of us been empowered to do? And so while I just made I why I while I just made the point of it's not all on us, it doesn't mean that we also don't have a role to play. Like we each contribute to the witness or the display of Christ that people see through us. And so that kind of goes back to like what's that aspect that each of us play in that role, especially within the body of Christ. And like what have we each been empowered to do? And there's a variety of ways in which that can that can play out. Um on one hand, I think often we can be tempted to think of service just like in general, but I think as a follower of Jesus, that service starts from Jesus and then moves on out. So starts with the one-on-one with, with me and Jesus or, or you and Jesus, but then that then floods over into our relationships with people in the church, you know, the body of Christ, the, the body of Christ here on earth at least. And so how are we empowered or gifted or given means to serve the body of Christ. And as we do that to each other, 
we fulfill the, the one another's that a lot of the New Testament talks about. And as we do that in serving each other, we collectively are this witness of Christ is coming about where the world can see like that community there looks like this Jesus they talk about. Obviously, we're not perfect. Obviously, no church is perfect. But there's a glimmer or a, a preview, if you will, of what life with Jesus might look, could look. And so that's one place where we can start. And then as we do that within the body of Christ, it can then flow from there even into the relationships we have in the broader world, be it our neighbors, the contacts we have that aren't part of the church, anybody we come in contact with, you know, anybody outside of the church. And so for me, I see kind of that flow happen. There's the starting with Christ, flows in and through me, which then flows into the body of Christ, which then flows out of the body of Christ to the broader world. And one of the things that I think is just, it's somewhat sad that we have this dynamic where there's like churches and then there's like parachurches. And then you have, you know, like government agencies and all these, there's all these different like groups that do service to people. But from a following Jesus standpoint, I think the thing that to me is a little bit sad is that there's this parachurch thing that's kind of stuck in the middle. And I'm not trying to demean parachurch work at all. Like anything that's doing good work in that direction, good. We live in a fallen and broken world, so it's not perfect. I get that. We don't live in the ideal yet, so I'm not trying to necessarily um, poo-poo that whole idea, if you will. But in some sense, parachurches are doing what probably churches should be doing, and for whatever reason, that's not happening in local churches. Um, and that's one avenue where local churches can, can maybe be more better empowering those groups so that there is a at least a connection between you. And so that they're not just sort of floating out in these different spheres, if you will, but they're actually working in tandem with each other and bring blessing to, I don't know, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, so it's kind of tethered back to our point about doing this as a unit. I mean, every member of the body of Christ serves a different function, and we all have our different gifts. So when we're a witness of Christ to the world through our acts of service, it's a, it's important that if we can be there, you know, we take those opportunities and we're there together because we fill in the holes um, of other people and what they lack, whereas, you know, their special gifts kind of fill in for us in the places we lack. We don't always serve the same function. Um, at the same time, to kind of connect what is happening in service opportunities in our church to our everyday life, we also have unique talents. I mean, everybody has something really niche that they like. They have a hobby or something like that, whether it's in technology, you know, it could be mechanical engineering, it could be like cars, it could be sound design, it could be construction, it could be anything like that. Um, and if there's something you're passionate about that could be a service opportunity that you don't see the church doing, there's nothing stopping you from pitching that idea to the elders or anything like that. You can plug in and you can be proactive about making sure that they know what you're capable of because the more uniqueness we have in the body, the more we're able to uniquely um, affect and touch the people around us. So I think, um, yeah, I just think all of us have our own unique interests and that can be used not just in our personal life, but in our life for the church as well. Yeah. And I think we sometimes short 
shortcut or I mean, maybe not shortcut. Like we have a small imagination of what can be contributed to the it's, it's service to anybody, but let alone in and through the church and in how that can be a blessing toward others. Like we have these sort of like what have become traditional like roles of service, if you will. And it's not to say those things aren't important, but our imagination becomes relegated to those things those only to where like either evolving sets of skills can't be utilized in the church or whatever it may be. And often it's like the most unlikely thing kind of brings those things out. Like uh, the past year plus with COVID has brought out skills in within me that I didn't know were there or things that I would find interesting or fun to do that I weren't there, but have been able to be a blessing to others. And a lot of that's been like doing the video and editing video stuff. And even I think for you with, with cause Mitch does all of the, editing for the podcast side of things and that's something i didn't do at all like two years ago basically i mean i dabbled here and there but not nearly to what i do now and but there's this whole side of thing a place where i can contribute because i either had a certain base level of skills or awareness and could sort of build upon that and i've been able to contribute to the church in that way and it took the most unlikely thing that i I mean i definitely wouldn't have predicted it to to make that a reality in my life to be of service to others, but then also to contribute to the work of the church to allow it to be a witness to the world of Jesus. And so I just want to challenge and encourage everybody listening or or watching, like what are, you may not think it's like a super spectacular skill, but what are things you enjoy doing? What are things that you find enjoyable and easy to do that other people would find like a chore to like, I'm sure most people don't want to necessarily sit behind a computer and, and a video like that just sounds like torture to them. But for me, that's been something I've actually found enjoyable. Even maybe like doing something like this podcast, like you might, you watching or listening, maybe couldn't imagine yourself talking for 20 some minutes about a topic. Okay. That's fine. That's not your thing, but maybe your thing is far more like administrative or like you're a spreadsheet person or you like to typing up things. Like I know even uh, the person who helped with the, most recent directory that we did for the church, like they offer because they like doing that kind of stuff. Like that's one thing I don't necessarily want to spend my time doing, but they were willing and able to do that. And as they contribute their skills to the body of Christ collectively, then we all contribute our skills. We are giving a better and clear picture of who Christ is. And the one thing I wanted to circle back on with the parachurch thing, like I said, I'm not trying to, uh, kind of denigrate what they do. I, my concern, I guess, is that you can easily get parachurch work that's doing the the good work side of things, like the the whether it's meals or financial or you name it. But that's all it's about, and it's disconnected from the life of Jesus, and has nothing to do with witnessing. I mean, some classic examples of that, and and maybe there's some de- some degree of that still there, but like. The YMCA, like, it's within the name, Young Men's Christian Association. I mean, we don't call it that anymore, but that's its history. But yet, most people, I think, at least in our community, would say, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I go work out. They, I don't even know if they would connect it to Jesus. That's not to say that the YMCA doesn't have some things like that that maybe they still connect to it, but it's not what it's known for, and it's disconnected from things. And so... That's more my concern is when we talk about service, how do we not have it become disconnected from the life of Jesus? Because once it becomes disconnected from Jesus, I'm not sure we're talking about serving in that capacity. 
we're just doing good things, but then it's in our own power possibly or those lines. And ultimately we want it to be done, you know, in that flow of from Jesus to us, you know, out through others, but you know, collectively also the corporate body of Christ. You want to touch on that anymore or any other ideas? Yeah, I think just to sum up, maybe put a bow on everything, it's just that in our salvation is where our works flow from, and they're always pointing people towards something. And I mean, if it's not toward Jesus, the question is, what is it? Is it ourselves? Is it like the human spirit? But if it's Christ, we are serving. We are pointing them toward the good life that he has in store for them. So we all have a unique talent. Um, and like Jordan's challenge us to do, we could all be thinking about what we enjoy doing that might be torture to somebody else that we could offer up from our skill set in order to better serve the body of Christ and to serve um, the people who haven't been reached by Christ yet. So do you have any closing thoughts? I mean, I think another practical thing is be willing to shadow somebody, shadowing somebody in a, in a role that you're not sure what that involves, you know, in, entails in, in and through the church or whatnot. It's not saying you have to commit to doing it, but it, you may find out like, hey, I actually didn't know this is what it's like, and maybe I actually like doing it. Or you may find out that's not my area. And that either way, you have some clarity of what is a place where you can serve, at least in and through the church. And so I would just encourage everybody to just find a place and start. And if at the least, ask the leadership of the church, what needs does our church have right now? Start there. I mean, in your own household, I'm sure that's how a lot of stuff gets met. The need might be that the sink is full of dishes. That may not be your most favorite thing to do or the thing that you're the best at doing, but it's a need. <laughs> and the rest of the family doesn't function if that doesn't happen. And the same thing isn't true in the church. So if we can get caught up in the, like, what's ideal and, like, what's best, but start with needs. I mean, I think if you look through the life of Jesus, he had... You know, he knew what he was, I mean, he was best, good at everything, but like he knew like in a particular moment what might be best for that moment. But at the same time, people come up to him with like, hey, I need this. And often, as, as Mike will say, you know, Jesus was interrupted a lot of, in, a lot, in a lot of different ways. And yet he takes time for the interruption. And often it's for something that needed to be done right in, then and there. It's probably not what Jesus wanted to do, but it's what needed to be done. And that was what ended up being the blessing. That person and so at the minimum you know just ask what's needed right now and be open and willing to step into that role as best you can and there's grace and um i don't think anyone's going to fault you for for not being perfect at it i think most people realize that it's a learning process but really the fact that you're willing to even attempt or try to step into it will be far more appreciated than anything and that's where God can do some awesome work, I think, in each of us, put ourselves in those positions. So thanks, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the 168 Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.